Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. All right, welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again and being part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. Uh, it's so beautiful to always intentionally take small gradual steps towards intentionally developing yourself. Truth of the matter is you are responsible for your own personal growth. Uh, and if you do not take charge, no one else can take charge of it for yourself. As we always say, there are different types of growth. There's accidental growth where you grow, but you're not too sure why am I growing? How did I grow? And there's the second part of growth, which is where you become a bit more strategic about your growth and you seek for growth moments. And then there's the third level, which is team growth, where your growth benefits those around you. And I'm saying this to speak to how today is a podcast episode that will really enlarge us within growth. I am super excited and so thrilled to be joined by a phenomenal leader incredible brilliant mind who has done amazing things with a big heart and one of the beautiful things i love about what she's done uh, in her personal space is how she's broken so many stereotypes as to how women can rise up not only through favor but through competence so ladies and gentlemen we are joined by petunia spagnoni uh, maybe just to give a bit of background as to who she is she's currently the ceo of inspector car um, she oversees business operations for both the franchise and financial services and is responsible for building the Inspector Car brand. She's a graduate from the University of Durban, who holds a Bachelor of Science degree in majoring in psychology and physiology, which is something I'm so passionate about. And she did so many things. Literally, her, her resume is so loaded. You would, it's just amazing. It's really so you cannot but be inspired. Um, she did leadership from Gibbs. She has done so many amazing things. And one of the things I honor about her is the fact that she's passionate about women empowerment uh, as well as mentorship, which is part of what we will talk to. And she's currently formally mentoring two young Black females at West Bank and she intentionally is being mentored by the guru of mentorship, Tony Frost, and it shows as to how in as much as she's pouring to others, she herself is being poured into and she's just so well rounded in all that she does. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome onto the podcast. Ope Junior, uh, with a warm round of applause wherever you are listening from. I know some of you are listening while driving. Please do keep your hands on the steering wheel <laughs> if you are on gym, on the treadmill, wherever you are. Uh, just to give her a warm round of applause as she joins us today. I'm so excited and thank you so much, uh, Petunia, for joining us. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you. So welcome to Take Your Lead podcast. Thank you, Mzwa. Um, I'm also very excited um, to be here talking to Umkaya. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> much, much easier. Thank you so much, Petrina. I think one of the things that she said, Umkaya, um, for those who I know, most of our audience as well is from around the globe. We have about 72 uh, countries that are actually part of the podcast. And uh, 
so Mkaya speaks of someone who's part of uh, your close immediate community. So she grew up in Whitbank. She's based in Gauteng now. And funny enough, one of the things about her is she grew up, maybe to tee it off there, I'm going to ask you this because her family has been prominent, literally her father has been one of the uh, pioneering business leaders within transport and great things that they've done uh, for those Basawit Bank that would know him, Babus Banyun. And how has that shaped you and the person that you've become uh, as you maybe also speak to some of the transitions that you've made as Upechunia that have landed you to where you currently are now within your leadership journey? So I, I was born in Ville, um with Bank. So my dad was a, a mechanic, then he became a driver and his last job at Highfield Steel was fleet operations manager. And then when he retired, he actually um, went and started his own business from taxis, buses, um, and trucks, basically in and around Whitbank and the mining areas. And then my mom was a domestic worker. And then at the time, um, she then started selling what they called Amasoft goods at that time. It's still wool. Um, <laughs> you know, I was young at the time, but my older siblings, Ivo Bevangena, Elokshini, but things is still wool. Um, and then she moved into selling um, clothes um, into the mining area. I mean, she she was big as the, the local boutique, a, a, a wheat bank. That's how, you know, entrepreneurial um, she was. So for me, um, I was daddy's little girl. And um, that's why me and him shared the love of cars and, and all of that. So being daddy's little girl, you know, I had this eager to succeed um, notion and, and much bolder because of the bond that I had with my dad. And the good thing that, uh, you know, you asked where it started, you know, my dad uh, was a leader and he led by example. He showed me um, respect anyone, irregardless of who they are. Um, respect is very important. And also he always said, you know, against all odds, if you wanna do something, focus your attention on it, as well as be humble, um, you know, as, as an individual. And he always said, you need to be, always be the best, um, you know, version of, of yourself um, as, as a person. So for me, I think those were things that shaped me to be a leader at a very young age. I mean, I remember I went to Greendale High School so back in 1992, we had to write an entrance exam, you know, to be accepted into multiracial school. And, and we made it, you know, a lot of us, Abutabi, so Mabofane, we, we were the first ones to be a, a Greendale. And then Greendale was very strict. Bonyegos Upumen as a team, you know what I mean? So, so for me, um, that's what shaped me to be who I am um, as, as a leader. And, and my dad played a very crucial role um, for being who I am, um, leaving his um, legacy, you know. So it's, it's yeah, it's a thing for me, you know, every day I think about him, his, his death was sudden. He was in a car accident. And also it came at a time where, you know, I used to talk with him being ambitious. I mean, I want to be a CEO um, under 40 as well. Mm. And then when I got into this job, I was appointed. He passed away two days later, sure. you know, but I got to tell him um, the day I signed the offer and he gave me a sharp, you know, to say, mm -hmm. you know, well done, uh, my girl. 
So I, I think for me, yeah, leadership also started. I mean, I remember in Standard 7, um, a group of us attended the leadership program with some schools in Houghton. I, at the time I was 14. So already wow. I was demonstrating um, leadership uh, skills, hmm. you know, so that's typically where leadership started for me. That's brilliant, um, Petunia. I'm actually so um, thrilled and so impressed by your journey. You mentioned Utabiso Mabuhwane, who, for those who are part of our community, would know him. He's uh, been a recent guest. We had a fascinating conversation with him on building uh, your business from the ground up and such a brilliant mind. And he also facilitated the, 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 the connection with Upechunia. And I'm so thrilled as to how, or rather not thrilled, but surprised as to I'm loving the texture or the quality of leaders that you guys are, given how you had to literally, it was not handed to you guys on a silver platter. And we'll talk more to that uh, as we continue, but you worked your way up and you are doing exceptionally well. And I love even how you guys are keeping in touch and you're still growing and still doing life together. You said something about how you and your father shared a passion, just on a lighter note of cars, uh, just to check. So Mercedes, are you a Mercedes or BM person between uh... ah, Mercedes Benz? <laughs> oh boy, Mercedes Benz. You know, the sound of that growling engine of an AMG. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like it's hitting the candy store. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that a Mercedes any day. Um, I do a bit of both, but funny enough, it's different feels, but a Mercedes any day, anytime. It, it's yeah, just, the, it's the best is, or nothing. It's luxury, it's comfort, it's speed, you know, you need all of that. Um, I find the BMW, yes, it's got the speed, but it's it's not comfortable, you know, it's yeah. a sports car, you know. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's just comfort <laughs> and elegance, though. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's incredible. Maybe just, I want to just pull a few threads. I know um, um, there's, we, we will just speak to a few questions now. You said something about how your father also taught you. And again, my sincere condolences on the loss of your father and your mother recently as to um, leading by example uh, is one of the things that he taught you about leadership. What would you say is the importance then of leaders being able to live out their message? So that it's not just me leading by my talk, but I'm leading by example. I'm leading by what I do. So remember, being a leader, um, you expose yourself. And also being a leader is not about you. It's mm. about those around you. Um, hence, that's why it's important uh, to, to walk the talk. And, and also, you know, it's, it's to, to leave a message as a leader. It's the right thing to do. It's called integrity. And, and my dad used to say, prof, um, integrity before profits, mm. you know, do the right thing. Don't be after the money so that it compromises um, your values. Um, and, and also one thing about leadership, you know, you may forget what I said to you, Mzwandile, but the one thing you'll never forget how I made you feel mm. as an individual so that's why as an, it's important as a leader to to be that individual that embraces your your own values and and be conscious of those ones um that are around you as well wow. so that's what um for me it's about i know part of what you do is uh, and thank you for that is, is mentorship and coaching so what would you say to someone who wants to be a, a better leader someone who's saying as in i want to be a leader um, but I don't know where to start. Where do they start? What do they do? Uh, what do they think about? So the first thing is about uh, know yourself, 
and your values. What is it that you stand for as, as a Petunia? What, what is your personal brand? And what is the purpose? You know, the why. Mm. You know, when you have the why, no matter how challenging the situation is, um, you become confident because you become also comfortable to make mistakes you can learn from because mm. you know the why, the purpose that, um, you know, why do I wake up every day? You know, even if it's multiple faceted um, besides your day job, because we tend to always focus on the job and forget that, hey, actually I belong to a community as well. I am a sister. I am this, I am that. And that's the one. And the other thing, you know, do not let society define who you must be. Mm. You know, walk your milestones in your own pace and live up to your own set of values. Because if you got your own values, remember, um, if you want to also enter into the corporate world, the corporate world has got its set of corporate culture and values as well. So as, as you start a career, being a leader. So in summary, your personal brand and the values at the start of your leadership um, journey. That's for me, advice I will give, you know, the more you know yourself, personal brand and values, then you can be a great um, leader. Leader. That's brilliant. That's so brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Petunia. So firstly, know yourself. I love how you spoke about know your why. I think, uh, who's this? I think it's Simon Sinek who uh, has a fascinating book on starting with the why. And I think that becomes important because that's what will set you apart. Um, who am I? And it will then inform even the values. I love how you spoke about integrity before profit, because if you know that you are a person of integrity, it then becomes easier to not crumble to the pressure when you find yourself in different spaces. So if as a leader, uh, podcast family, that's just pure gold, the past minute or so, uh, if you're writing, that's literally pure gold. Start with yourself, uh, find your why, and then from there, begin to figure out your own set of values that you need to live up to. So thank you so much for that, uh, Petunia. Then maybe now, um, at a personal level, I know that you are a learner. You you keep learning. You keep like your resume says that you like are. I'm sure now, uh, even now, there's quite a lot of things that you're learning. But currently, in this current season where you're at, uh, and the season of life, what are you currently learning within your space? You know, interesting. Um, 2020 was a rough year. Hmm both from a personal level um, and from a corporate level. Sure. And I think with quite a lot of uncertainty that um, COVID lockdown brought, fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know, I think I've learned and I'm still learning as a leader to be agile and resilient. Wow. You know, you have to make quick decisions with limited information. Um, as a leader, they look up to you to be decisive and say, um, it's lockdown. Um, as dealerships, we're not going to be operating in level five. And I lobbied for the dealerships open under level four. But at the same time, I'm saying, you know, now our business model more than ever requires us to have a digital presence. So mm. I had to demonstrate that to my dealers and say, we're going to be doing month end. We did month end in a day. You know, mm. it, it was never done before, but we had wow. to do it um, to prepare for lockdown because everybody now had to leave the workplace and be at home. 
um, you know, so that agileness and, and being resilient and saying, you know what, um, it's a decision that I have to make now. I've got limited information. However, my gut feel tells me it's the right thing um, to do. And then the second one, you know, people are going through the most from a mental um, wellness um, perspective. Yeah. Have, have empathy, you know, just care. Um, you know, we used to working together, officially, we see each other. Now you're working from home. You're not sure how did someone wake up today? What challenges are they facing at home? You know, so to be there as a leader and just check in and say, guys, how are you doing? Um, you know, let's let's just chat. They talk mm. about the family, what's what's happening. Um, kids now being at home, um, studying online. Other day they have to go to school. So all of those things. Um, it's just to have empathy because you, you don't wow. know what people are going through. You know, not everyone um, manages a situation the same. Mm. And also as a leader, you know, with the empathy encourage them to use the tools that are provided by the company pick up that phone call ICAS and say i'm not okay you know mm. get a professional to to help you um deal with what you're dealing with uh because you know it's two years now almost and we still have it um there's talk of a fourth wave um that's still coming mm. um people unfortunately are losing their lives you know one day you was talking to someone the next day you hear they know more so that empathy of, of caring and and mm. and also just picking up that phone and saying i know you are dealing with this how can i help mm. you know it goes such a long way a long to, way to, so it's something that definitely every day i think and say okay so and so even my dealers is going through this even that text that says i know you're fighting COVID, you know hang in there let us know if you need any help mm. you know, yeah. I love that. Um, I love two things from what you are saying. Um, firstly, you spoke about agility and um, how we need to be agile uh, as leaders, which I think is a trait that will set uh, leaders apart uh, in whatever they do. Um, but my question to you would then be um, how, 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 maybe to you at a personal level, how have you experienced uh, agility where you had to like change swiftly worse because you're a ceo it's easier to like you 10 when you're driving a smaller car but when you driving a bus or a truck or a train you can't just turn because <laughs> there's a lot at stake and with the workload and, and the weight of responsibility that you have you, even the decisions that you make they not only affect you but they affect the whole organization and how has agility played uh, through for you within that context so, you know, if, if your strategy is very clear and solid in terms of, you know, what is it that you are doing and, um, you know, who, who's your customer and, and also being part of a franchise. Sure. You know, I've got two customers. We've got the end consumer out there and the franchisees themselves are our customers. So if you've got your strategy, you know, don't be hung on to, yeah, we, we want to do social media marketing in a specific way. If it's not working, change it. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, what we always do um, to now when we have a campaign, we do a post implementation review, which means that when we start the campaign, we set a set of objectives or KPIs 
to say, this is what we want to achieve. And this way we are, and this way we want to land off. At the end of the campaign, then we review and say, okay, this is what we achieved. What happened and what are the learnings? And these things are documented so that, you know, you don't have to do this anymore. If we've done it, we've learned. That's being agile, um, you know, be flexible, um, you know, but don't, don't taint your strategy too much. But your, your tactical approach, that's where you can be flexible and, and, and be agile. Um, because competition out there is also not sleeping, you know. You, you need to also be, be aware that um, they, they are watching what you're doing. Um, and, and also as a franchisor, you know, you say, I, I have the know-how. So your franchisees are looking up to you to say, guide me, this is what I need to do. And for me, I, that is why I get involved, not just in local research, but global as well. I recently in, in June was um, part of a panel um, hosted by Deloitte, Deloitte, talking about the future of auto retailing, you know. So you have to keep yourself abreast in terms of what's happening uh, abroad so that you're flexible enough and test. And I was quite happy in that, you know, the work we started doing two years ago is now coming to fruition and we've already been embracing it because we are flexible enough at that point when I saw this and I said, hang on, this is something we can be a leader on and, and, and embrace wow. now. And for now, to us, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's something that we've always done. It's, <laughs> you know, we wow. do it all the time. Wow. That's, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You, you, you spoke again as well um, to the second part, which was empathy. And to empathy, um, I think, and, 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 and I just wanted to check because you also gave us practical tips as to how sending that check-in message, I know COVID is hard, how are you doing and reaching out? Any other tips maybe that you might give or you can give, especially within the virtual space? Because I think now it's hard to uh, communicate care because there's distance involved. It's easier to show someone I care within the office confinements, buying them, being there, hugging them, taking them for coffee, whatever. But now it's a bit different. How can we now translate empathy uh, digitally or virtually or rather working from home? How best, any other tips maybe that you might have that leaders can use to reach out and communicate care to the people that they lead and serve with? Yeah, I mean, also, you know, you need to respect boundaries. So if you set them as a leader, you must also respect boundaries of your team as well. So if I'm encouraging people to um, engage with the family and not be working quite late every day, I can now be the one at nine o'clock, I'm phoning one of my team members, but yet I've set that boundary, but I'm the one breaking the boundary. Mm. Um, and also utilize the virtual tools that we get provided. We've got this cool thing that we have, it's called Cortana. It's linked to MS Teams. What it mm. gives you at the beginning of the week, um, it says, this is your week starting, schedule time for focus time. So it blocks out um, your calendar for you to be focusing on, on other things. Uh, there's take a break, there's um, learning as well, you know, because you, you, you lose time. And we've also got Udemy, which I encourage mm. my team members um, I laughed the other day, one of my team members says, hey, I'm learning how to play a guitar. 
you know. It's got nothing to do with work, but he, he's got a guitar, no, doesn't know how to play it. Um, he's learning how to do that. So that gives you um, space virtually that if I'm on focus time, hmm. no one can um, call me on my teams because it's said to a do not disturb. Wow. You know, because imagine now you are in a board meeting the whole day virtually, you know, eight to four, five, six. Hmm. So if you don't have those things in between on other days, you're going to burn out. That's true. So use the digital tools that we've been provided um, to make sure that um, it gives you the time to be able to, it, it's about personal mastery yeah. as well. You know, so there's virtual tools that help you. Udemy is fantastic. And the yeah. nice thing I like about Udemy, when you do a, an e-learning with them, you also get issued a certificate. Yeah. You know, I did a whole course on digital marketing last year, you know, and, and I was very fascinated about the wealth on information that I've learned, you wow. know, just to upskill myself and, and, and do that. So virtual tools are there. You must use them and you must have the discipline to use them and also <laughs> respect your own boundaries and others' boundaries as well. Wow, that's brilliant. Thank you so much uh, for that. Um, so leaders, we set boundaries, but we also need to respect them. And yeah. thank because oftentimes I think we tend to be the ones who set them and then we think we've got an exemption. And I think we also set tone by so doing so that the people that we lead also respect them themselves. But if my senior or, or my whoever I'm reporting to respects this so I also need to respect it myself and also love how you spoke as to how we need to have outlets for just to recoup to be able to avoid burnout because I think I'm, I'm for uh, the thought of how prevention is better than cure how oftentimes we can prevent certain things rather than taking a curative approach and I love even the practical tools that you shared with us Golana and Udemy which I think will go a long way within um personal growth and personal mastery as you've shared and now maybe to um you've got a f incredible um record within the things that you've done and climbing the ladder of success um speak more maybe to your journey and some of the personal sacrifices that you had to make in order for you to experience the level of success that you're currently experiencing and how your journey has been. And I know it comes with sacrifice because I know in order to go up, you need to sacrifice. And how has that played out for you? So my, my professional career started um, at Shell in 2004. Um, I was the first black female um, area manager um, at the time. And then there's an accreditation program that one has to do six months in the job. It's called Flying Solo. So after I successfully completed that flying solo, um, I was offered the opportunity to go into the Shell graduate program. Um, and I was accepted as a second year. And I got to spend um, time with Shell graduates across the globe in The Hague, um, which was quite uh, good for me from an exposure perspective. And then I did a couple of roles. Um, also at the time I was a lubricant sales manager for South Africa and um, looking after Swaziland at the time when it's still Shell, um, had Shell in Swaziland. And, you know, I did so well, I was placed um, 
in the top 19 countries, I was number three in the Shell Global Lubicant sector. I think at the time I did about an 8% growth um, for that. And then I moved back into retail. And a nice thing then, I was working for Global Lubricants. So it was a global business, not just South African um, based. And then I moved back into Shell Retail and I was able to lead um, the service stations um, as a central district manager. I was looking after 175 um, service stations. And then my last role then at Shell, I was the retail transformation manager I was the one that drafted the transformation policy and also concluded the um, cooperation agreement with NEF. And I'm proud to say that we, we, we got in not just black entrepreneurs, but black females to own and operate their service stations um, as well. So for me, I think that's a proud moment that I had done with Shell. And, and also remember, first and ever company that I worked for so I spent 12 years with Shell. And when I was at Shell, I also, you know, my love for Ferrari got fueled. And I had this once in a lifetime opportunity to meet Michael Schumacher, Felipe Massa and Marc Genet. So for me, that was like quite an aha moment. So in a nutshell, I had a very good um, career um, at Shell. Um, my, my growth was very much accelerated. Um, I was also offered the opportunity to study for an MBA um, as well, funded by the company. And now, you know, leadership is what guides the culture in an organization. And at the time, you know, I honestly have reached my ceiling. I, I, I knew quite a lot. And I was in a boys club, you know, that was not with a good leadership in terms of, they made me feel like I'm in a boys club. And um, also, you know, I'm the one that knew the work. And then I also had to be the one that um, has the saving grace as well. Cause you can imagine I've been in the industry for long. I knew people from the department of energy, um, et cetera, et cetera. I always like to grow my networks wherever I am and use them meaningfully. So unfortunately, a sacrifice that I had to make, I made a decision to, to leave Shell. It was not an easy one. Um, can, a company that I've grown so much um, that has done so well um, for me. Um, so for me, it was a big sacrifice to say, you know what, I'm leaving. And when I left, I didn't know what I was gonna be doing. I had an idea to say, um, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur for now, but if ever I go back to corporate, it must be in for an executive role, either ICT or banking. And I took a year's um, sabbatical. At that time, I was running my own consulting business, basically helping um, startups or business turn around in the franchising space, because you know that's what I know very well. Um, it was quite funny, my last day, uh, with Shell, I was on Power FM. We were actually um, celebrating the cooperation agreement uh, with NEF. We had uh, Shell Global leaders there, and they're like, "Wow, you're leaving us!" And you know, because I, I didn't look like someone who's leaving, but uh, it was actually my last day. You know, and ten days later, I had a gig. Um, a, a lady owned her oil, her own oil company. 
And she said, look, um, I want you to tap into the lubricant space. I need to hire someone. Please help me with crafting, you know, what should this person be doing? What qualifications should they have, et cetera? You know, and, and I had my first invoice <laughs> consulting gig and, and they learned to know, they said, anything that you need to draft, you must charge four hours, you know, learning the game. And can you believe it or not? Um, I didn't have a CV. So I had to go on to CV center and pay people to draft me a CV because internally I was always recognized um, by the work that I do and, and got promoted that way. So I never had to sell myself and have a CV. So it's one of those things that I had to now sit back and, and, and think about all the things that I've been doing, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think for me, that's the biggest sacrifice that I've made, but I think I made the right decision um, a year later, I was headhunted uh, into West Bank, and I believe I'm flourishing in the automotive um, industry. So sometimes you just, um, you know, you do something, um, but, you know, even if you're uncertain, just think of how it makes you feel at the time and why you're doing it. And, and the good thing as well, when I was in that sabbatical, I got to spend um, two weeks um, in, in, in Thailand uh, with my parents. And it turned out to be the last holiday I had with my dad before mm. he passed on. So other things, you know, they happen for a reason. Mm. You know, for them, it was their first time uh, overseas holiday with my mom. Mm. So it was quite exciting uh, for them. And yeah, they kept on um, saying, hey, this hotel, they are so good. Whatever you ate on the bar fridge yesterday, they fill it up. I'm like, no, <laughs> You know, they don't know. Hey, the bar fridge is expensive. All those expensive things the bill is going up. <laughs> but it, it, it's a beautiful memory that I have of, of my parents. Hmm. I remember one morning, my dad, we were, we were booked at a hotel right in front of the beach. You just had to jump the road. And at five o'clock, he was there jogging. You know, oh. what a beautiful memory when wow. I look at the pictures I have um, of him. And, and, and my mom and I went for a real-time massage together. And it was awesome. Wow. It was so amazing. So I think it's, you know, sometimes just do what your gut says. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, now I look back, I've, it's the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Wow. Although at the time it was scary, I remember handing back my access card. You mm. know, I cried. Because now <laughs> I get a ticket to get out of the building that I've been going to for so many years. For 12 years. Yeah. You know, but it's all good. Um, you know, I'm happy of the decision I made. And yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. And, and very thankful of the journey that I've, I've had there. Um, I was talking to Mr. Bonang Mohale the other day. He, he was seeing an article of me and he says, forever proud. And I said, thank you, because he was one of my mentors wow. while I was at Shell, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, you, you, you're sharing so many pearls of wisdom and I think I love... There's quite a lot that I can literally pull, but I'm just going to take, okay, from what you said now and a podcast family, I think this is key because I really resonate a lot with it. How do what, follow your gut feel. And uh, within that, 
how do you feel, how it makes you feel, and why are you doing it? Just use those as guardrails. How is it making me feel and why am I doing it? Because once you get the why, and then a lot of things, as you are saying, retrospect, they, it begins to make sense. I'm glad I actually did that. I'm yeah. glad I actually moved. But at that time, chances are it does not look like the reasonable thing to do. But when you move, you're like, yes, it actually landed me to where I currently am now. And, and, and that becomes key within leadership. You also spoke to how uh, leadership is what guides that culture in an organization. And that's when you spoke about the toxic environment that you were in. Just three, th- three tips that you would give. I know possibly it's a plethora that you have that you would give leaders to be able to create a healthy culture in the organization that they have. I'll ask you for three organizationally and just maybe two, I'll make it five, two specifically to create a culture that's healthy and accommodative also for females within that institution organization. So the three, you know, it's about, I think as a leader, you need to also have your own philosophy. So what is it that I stand for? So, so mine is simply as a leader, I hold strongly integrity, passion and teamwork as my values. Others see me as a leader that they can trust. It's very important for people to trust you. Um, and, and, and for me as well, I want to leave a legacy of having been an inspirational leader that has navigated not one, but two male dominated industries <laughs> and, and the ability to remain resilient under pressure. You know, and I think that's a trait I take from my dad. My dad was cool as a cucumber, <laughs> but very smart, you know. Um, and, and my mom used to say, speak strong, but soft. Wow. So even when you have to have the most crucial conversation with someone, as long as you do it with respect and get the message you want across, again, how you make someone feel. Even if um, you've done something wrong, I should not then disregard you as an individual and now start disrespecting you. And I think it's important um, as women as well. You know, sometimes women are deemed to be dramatic, you know. So if you've got that trait of being resilient under pressure, get your point across, you know, uh, know the game. That's what I always say. <laughs> sure. But, but don't play it. <laughs> For me, as, as females, I would say that um, know the game, but don't play it. Um, stand up for who you are and trust me on this one. Your competence builds your confidence. You know, if you know your stuff, people will respect you and say, okay, she really knows what she's talking about, uh, you know. And, and lastly, on, on, on females, I think it's important also for organizations to create an environment that allows women uh, to be have a resilient work-life balance and also one that not only accepts um, the females there but also recognizes them as leaders. So my currently uh, employer West Bank, you know they've gotten it right. Um, you know for the past four years they've been named the certified top employer. And it's because of the people strategy that they have, the diversity and inclusiveness programs, and the employee well-being um, things that they have. So I have autonomy to, to do my job, and people respect that 
I can't have a meeting with you at 7.30 because I'm dropping my son at school, you know? Um, and people respect one's calendars. Yes, there the will be engine things where you have to make sacrifices, etc. cetera. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's organizations need to create this environment mm. and, 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 and allow women to say, you know what? Uh, we recognize you. We also uh, support the challenges that we have to face as, as women from a work-life balance um, sure. perspective, you know. That's brilliant. Podcast family, um, the past, I'm sure it's three minutes or so, is pure gold. If you are driving, uh, I encourage you. We do have the episode notes, which are linked into the bio, which you'll be able to download, which are a great tool for application. Those who listen with their teams, the past three minutes within organizational culture and personal culture stemming from your own leadership philosophy is pure gold. And to those who are within the seat that create or drive culture, Drive it by answering the questions. How do you want people to feel? At the top, you, you actually said people will forget how what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And yeah. that's part of the culture that as leaders we need to create. You said something so powerful uh, to the ladies, but I'll take it for myself as well. Go to your competence, builds your confidence. And yeah. podcast family, let's grow in competence because the more competent you are, the more confident you will be in terms of delivering what you need to deliver. And you said something so key as well within culture, uh, part of the your current employer, um, US Bank, and how they encourage work-life balance. How have you experienced that uh, at a personal level? And how would you help someone who is an aspiring leader? Because uh, oftentimes we uh, are very driven as entrepreneurs where you need to make things happen like you literally it's sort of from a point of which we attend but you have to and 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 how do you now manage that work-life balance i know you do it so incredibly well you do netball you do quite a lot of things with your plate being so full yet you find time even your son who's a dancer and yet you're still able to do all these things please talk more to that as well so Mzwandile, for me a healthy body equates to a healthy mind. No, I can't be healthy, but mentally I'm not okay. Um, you talk about netball. I've been playing netball for over 20 years now, since from high school, KZN, I played for Shell League and I recently started a West Bank League um, two years ago. So for me, it's about making time for the people. And, and I think get that order right for the people and the things that are important to you. You know, there's, there's um, a message that I shared. I was asked to create a, a post and share a message, you know, for, for women, is it Women's Month? That post said, AK's mom and CEO of Inspector Car. Because, you know, I can flourish as CEO of Inspector Car, but at the end of the day, I've got my son, that uh, looks up to me, um, you know, as, as, a, as a mother. So that's why you have to balance with the people mm. and, and the things that are, um, are really like important um, mm. to you from a work-life balance um, perspective. I, I spoke of boundaries. Again, boundaries are very um, important. Respect them. And, and also do the things that, uh, you, you know, take time out. Um, you know, I do yoga um, every morning or in the evening. 
okay, netball, I can't do now. Um, I've started playing golf recently. I at West Bank, if you don't play golf, you're a <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I'm really enjoying the game. It's a good mm. game to, to network. Um, I'm very good at it as well. Um, so, and also I started dancing because of my son. Mm. You know, I also I'm a professional Latin dancer as well. Wow. So, because I mean, I, I, I drop off my son, pick him up and I was there and, you know, he's dance I said, ah, but you know how to dance. So I started dancing as well. The one wow. thing though, that I would love for my son, yo, me now when I go for a competition, yeah, the nerves are there. <laughs> my son, he walks in, he's confident wow. and he feeds off from the crowd. Wow. You know, and he does his thing. He engages the judges. I, I, I laugh when he's, that, when he's dancing. Instead of the judges writing, <laughs> they take out their phones. <laughs> 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 you know, wow. and like, okay, <laughs> suppose that works. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's those things. And, and also travel for me. I love traveling. Um, getting to see new places. Mm. I'm always on the lookout of new places. You know, just to also feed your mind. Because um, mm. those are things that um, feed your mind. I belong to to some ladies in Soweto. It's a stock film. I'm like the youngest there. <laughs> the other December, we, we went on a, a, a trip to Patlas. And it was kind of like those ones, eh, you're wearing denim and white and whatnot. But it was fun. <laughs> you know, I, I got to let my head down. Yeah. I, I booked my leave. You know, it's those things that you need to mm. recharge um now and again just, just to keep healthy. You know, people now with COVID, they must uh, drink vitamins, you must do this, must but it's things you you should have been doing in any <laughs> it should case. Should be a lifestyle. <laughs> you know? That's true. I, I mean washing of hands. I mean hygiene one oh one. You know, it's like do I have to brush my teeth or not? No brainer, you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's why that's that's my mantra around work-life balance. Wow, I'm gonna take you up on the golf. Um, what handicap are you? Do you have? Do you have? Do you have? Do you have a handicap? Is eight, Eighteen. Wow. And you started recently, I yeah, know. Um, um, it's going to be quite interesting. I'm definitely going to take you up on that no, uh, soon. <laughs> um, just a quick one as we bring in our plane for landing. Um, as a CEO, um, you mentioned something about doing yoga in the morning and sometimes in the evening. And uh, do you have a morning routine, um, morning and evening routine? Um, and, and, and if you do, uh, how does it look like? Because I think um, part of what I study as well in psychology, which is part of what I do, and I know you also majored in it, is, is, is that routine, having that structure. And I think within even personal study, I've seen that a lot of high achievers have a certain routine. I call it ritual, but certain rituals that they do to start off their day, which uh, give them the energy that they can feed off throughout the course of the day and even how they end their day. So it becomes like a sandwich, which holds everything else in between together. Um, at a personal level, how, how does that look like for you? Yeah, so it's, it's always about um, personal well-being first. So I'm not a breakfast person. Okay. So, but I eat a lot of fruits. 
Um, so for me, even if uh, my day doesn't start with something at breakfast, I make sure that at least um, I have fruit. I love bananas. I can eat 15 bananas <laughs> in a day. Um, so it's about that personal well-being. So which is it's either me, uh, yoga, or um, there's also this other app that I've got um, on meditation okay. as well. So if I feel, okay, yoga, not really, then I do some meditation. So just to get myself zoned in and, and, and comfortable. I mean, the, you know, work in a quite a stressful environment, you know. You need to deal with your own monkeys before you show up in some of these uh, sessions. <laughs> That's so true. And also, I always take time to reflect on, okay, um, this is either the beginning of the month or mm. beginning of a financial year. You know, what are the things that uh, went well? Um, mm. What are the key focus areas and, and support required? Which is mm. the same thing I have with my team as well um, to make sure that we always keep, keep in touch uh, with that. Mm. And then I also usually make times for, for reading books. Um, okay. I read uh, quite a lot of books as well. Um, and also making time for my son as well to help him with his homework. Uh, you know, doing those things as well. And then, yeah, sometimes, you know, time just to do nothing, chill. I, I, lately, very weirdly, so I'm a Netflix binger and yeah, which I was never. <laughs> so yeah, quite interesting. A program that you do you've got a community in Soweto that you've uh, adopted and you do quite a lot of philanthropic work which we uh, appreciate and are so grateful for and as a community we are better because of all the strides that you make and the things that you do and your generosity as well um, and part of the things that you do is the mentorship program that you have you've got the people that you currently are mentoring and at a personal level as well, I know uh, the mentoring guru, Tony Frost, is also your mentor. And because sometimes you are a mentor, sometimes you are a mentee. Uh, yeah. Maybe the importance thereof of, of mentoring and how it has really accelerated your growth and uh, the importance and how you've experienced mentoring in your personal space. So there's a saying that I like by Jim Ron. He said, uh, my mentor said, let's go do it not you go do it. How powerful when someone says, let us. Wow. You know, um, so I think being a mentor uh, for me, it, it facilitates taking you out of your comfort zone hmm. to learn from, from others that have worked the journey. And also it lets you think about your career path and follow through with it. You know, because if if I'm mentoring you, Zandile, and you're saying to me, you know, this year, as one of my um, objectives, I want to upskill myself in a new, I don't know, phase of psychology. Sure. And I want to get this done by the end of the year. Definitely, as your mentor, I will ask you, hey, Zandile, how's it going with that study? You know what I mean? So, which is why I'm very grateful of my mentor, uh, Tony Frost. Um, you said he's the leadership and strategy guru. And I met Tony through the recruitment agency that um, headhunted me. Uh, and he offered to mentor me pro bono, you know. And the good thing that he said to me the day he met me, he said, I don't want to mentor you as the CEO of Inspector Car, 
but I also want to mentor you as a person in, in society, as a mother, as a sibling, as a partner, as an individual that plays many other aspects. And the second bit, I was new in the automotive industry and he unlocked his networks, you know, to people that I could sit and say, okay, tell me how does the used car profitability work? You know, so he unlocked those networks uh, for me as, as well. So being a mentor is about being a selfless leader. It's not about you, it's about your mentee. But as a mentee, you also need to be clear on what is it are your objectives so that you, you work within quite a structured um, environment and, and work on those things um, as well. And yeah, you know, a mentor, you also need to gel with your mentor. Uh, you know, it's, it needs to be someone that gets you. Mm. Um, Tony's got what um, we call threshing flow. So it's a group of individuals from diverse um, backgrounds. And then you pick a topic, um, like for instance, you can come and talk about leadership and it's an hour, have a conversation and then it gets documented afterwards. Last year, they actually did a paper on how can we as South Africans make um, our environment a better place, touching mm. on many aspects you know, it's, I really like partaking in those. Um, Pashuni, what I'm going to do, you're definitely going to be a returning guest because um, I'm, I'm going to pull <laughs> from, 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 from what you just said. I'm actually fascinated. Just that paper that you're, uh, you're talking about now, there's quite a lot mm -hmm. that we can pull from that. So I'm definitely going to, we're definitely going to have a, another conversation around that space and, 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 and how best we as South Africans can contribute to our beautiful country within the different yeah. spaces that we find ourselves in. Uh, any parting uh, thoughts on your side? Anything else that you'd like maybe to share before um, we land uh, this episode? Um, anything on your heart? Anything that you'd like to, 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 to just um, share with us and our community? No, I think I, I would say, you know, you know, as an individual, be yourself, but don't think of yourself that you are too important to recognize where you come from. I am mm. very proud of my roots of where I come from. Mm. I'm also a very cultural person um, as, as well. So mm. don't forget where you come from. You know, Mina, I'm always going to be someone from a wheat bank. That's, sure. that, that's, that's me. <laughs> Even whenever I speak, whether I'm in Soweto in Cape Town, I tell people I am from Whitbank, Emalachin. Yes. So always be proud of, of where you come from and, and, and be humble. You know, be, we, we, this thing about being humble, we, you know, sometimes disregard it. Um, mm -hmm. Someone asked me, in fact, it was last week, he said to me, how do you feel? I mean, you, you are the chairperson of the Franchise Association. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, you don't think about it until <laughs> someone brings it to your attention. Sure. And, and, and by the way, um, Zwandile, that's actually the highlight of my career. Hmm. I've got 17 years experience in franchising. So for me, I'm quite honored to be entrusted wow. with this um, 
organization that's been in existence for over 42 years. So oh. it's quite an honor. You wow. know, the year I was born is when the year this it started. started. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's really what I want to say. Thank you wow. so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, firstly, to you for raising the flag here. I say with Bank Emalacheni now so high, and you are making the city proud. You literally, as you say, standing on the shoulders of greatness. And thank you also for continuing the legacy of your parents who have done so much for the township economy, I say Emalacheni. And thank you for graciously carrying out their legacy. Thank you for your dedication to addressing and delivering on social benefits and uplifting so many communities, your commitment, your diligence, your integrity, and your servitude. So thank you so much for being part of this uh, podcast episode. I know personally it has added so much value to me, and I know it will definitely add so much value to our community. So thank you so much. And to you, podcast family, thank you for listening and being part of this conversation. And till we meet again next time, ensure that you continue to take your lead and you help us change the world one individual at a time. Just before I let you go, please do remember to rate, review the content wherever you're consuming it, share it with your teams, especially this one, which is so incredible, uh, so that you can be able to rally your team around even the culture that you'd like to see. Remember again to download the episode notes, which are a great tool for application. Till we meet again next time, take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you're a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.